Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. Today's guest, and the first guest in what I'll call Season 2 of Systematic, is Merlin Mann. He's a prolific podcaster and man about the internet, and a repeat, one might say, regular guest on Systematic. So this is my first show in, uh, how long has it been? This one was uh, November 8th, 2018. What?! Yeah. So, so this is you, you are my first guest and I picked you because you are the easiest interview in the world. <laughs> it's really like, hard to get me to talk. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like with, with no planning or forethought, uh, conversations with you just happen. And I, I, I enjoy our visits so very much. As you know, I am a huge fan of your work and I'm honored to be your first guest in, you know, Years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I've, I'm revealing myself as somebody who has not noticed the absence of your show, and it's just because, in the same way that I forget why I muted somebody on Twitter, <laughs> I also sometimes forget why I kept the podcast but turned off new episodes. So the lack of episodes to me can be can be written down to the fact that I just can't remember why I turned it off. It's on. I just didn't notice. <laughs> I had quietly just decided to take a hiatus. At first, it was going to be a couple of months. And then it was going to be six months. Then it was going to be a year. And then I stopped worrying about it yeah. and just decided yeah. if it comes back, it comes back. And then some turns of events. And all of a sudden, I just found myself excited about it again. I built a whole new website. That's really wholesome, man. That's that's so wholesome. Well, I, I have this thing that I mean, I'm not certainly not the first person in middle age to realize this. But something I have learned to accept and leverage is that every time, well, for example, every time I'm leaving the house, I either have the feeling that I have everything that I need or that I don't have everything I need, that I've done everything I need to do or I haven't done everything I need to do. <laughs> and if I have even the slightest feeling that there's something I've forgotten and I don't know what it is, if I take a minute, it always turns out to be something that I have indeed forgotten. And so while I'm trying to become less of a person who quote unquote trusts their gut, I, I believe in that. In your case, I think when your brain tells you, your brain is trying to tell you something, it's time for a break. This is not fun. If you're not looking forward to a thing that you do, this is very privileged, but I believe it. <laughs> if you're not looking forward to the thing that you're doing, it's worth interrogating that. Like, yeah. well, why is that? And if you don't know why, you know, why push a rope? You know, I think the breaks are good. You know, Allison Sheridan? Mm, I feel like I do. Uh, Pod Feet, uh, okay. the uh, most Nozilla podcast. She's been doing that podcast for 15 years and has never missed a week. That kind of blows me away. So wait, that's 2005? Math. I don't, I don't want to do math. This is the thing that Jason Snell and I call dropping a decade. When you reach a certain age, one of the, one of my three recommendations twenty minus fifteen. That's well. Well, the thing that the thing that Jason and I do is we'll go like, oh yeah, I can't believe that record came out twenty years ago. And somebody goes, um, that record came out thirty years ago. <laughs> or like in one of my recommendations today, somebody mentions that nineteen eighty was forty years ago, and I go, come on. And that in that case, whoa, that feels really not like forty years ago. Uh, yeah. Wow. Good for good for Allison Sheridan. That's that's wild. 
I just turned 42 last week. Oh, man. Now you just need to learn what the question was. Well, yeah, exactly. I had <laughs> I had for years now had planned to have a hitchhiker's themed party. Oh, man. And fortunately, fortunately, time is not a linear construct. Mm-hmm. And I can be 42 again when things are when parties are more feasible. Exactly right. You just need to figure out the most improbable thing. <laughs> <laughs> We're going through my uh, my my wonderful twelve uh, year old daughter is on a tear about Sam Rockwell right now, oh. and um, she got very into Sam Rockwell because of Jojo Rabbit, which is a movie the whole sure, family sure. adores. But now we are burning through like so many Sam Rockwell movies and we're returning to Sam Rockwell movies she didn't remember him in. So, of course, you know, Iron Man 2, but we're watching Moon. But uh, Mr. Right. She, did, she forgot. She forgot. Oh, OK. Oh, you know, what else is Matchstick Men. Very good yes, movie. Very. Um, and which has now got us pivoting to Cage a little bit. But um, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty <laughs> that, that movie, the Hitchhiker's Guide movie is very, very strange. But I think it's I think it's more fun than a lot of people give it credit for. I, I think it's like the PBS or not PB, the BBC yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. was it was like spot on, like it was almost too close to the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the book wasn't a screenplay. And it was delightful no, no, it's as a book. No, no, those things that could that you could I think you could fairly describe as being unfilmable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? How are you going to make a Vogon look the way I imagine right. a Vogon looks? Right. But, yeah. No, but, I found yeah, that. No, that's I thought funny. Movie, that movie yeah. was delightful in its own way. But you when should read- definitely see Mr. Right. It is the okay, best the assassin list. movie ever. One of the oddest and most improbable catchphrases in our house for some years now. There's the moment when um, Arthur wakes up and looks in the mirror. And so when we read the book, this just made us all howl. I, of course, I read it when I was a teenager, but now my, my kid loves it. But um, where Arthur is hungover and he looks in the mirror and he sees the construction equipment. <laughs> and it's just the single word, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a non sequitur. Because well, yellow, is, you know, it takes a while for our, Arthur to like have it all sink in what's happening. Mm-hmm. The first thing he realizes is ooh, yellow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hi, Brett. How are you? I'm swell. I'm swell. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to. So uh, the only thing I've heard from you about me lately was that you really enjoy Bunch. Oh, yeah. I, I, I literally I clicked on it three minutes ago, five minutes ago. What are you, well, sorry. Now I can tell from call recorder I'm lying. Now it's 15 minutes ago, but time is a very relative concept. Yeah, you re- you haven't you haven't lodged any feature requests. Oh, I you know the thing is with your stuff. Every time I return to the page, you're so good at the documentation <laughs> and the change log stuff. You're not cute about it. It's really really useful. <laughs> like but, but when you introduced, God, what was it? There's a lot of advanced features I'm not using, but the one, one of the ones I'm most proud of figuring out is how can I put this without committing a federal crime? Um, there are certain demons that run on my computer for purposes and <laughs> media <laughs> acquisition. And one of them is that I can I went and I looked up the URL for the API request to turn this service or to pause this service and to unpause this service. 
And so I slapped one of those into my start podcast bunch and one of those into my end podcast bunch and it works a charm. It's a, it's a, it's such a it's such a clever idea and it's something I'm really trying to try to socialize with my friends. Um, love it. Yeah. No, I I I am on your stuff all the time. Your your my computer is lousy with Terpstra title. That's sweet. <laughs> we yeah, found our episode I mean, what, title. I mean, what all, are the services? I use the services a lot. Um, oh, you don't have to go into like all the things you use. I just know that bunch of, oh. I, I see traffic come in, um, yeah. to the blog when you do a podcast and you mention <laughs> me uh-huh. and it seems like a lot of it has been <laughs> centered around bunch. The, the app so I wrote, the app I wrote much like Envy Alt, I wrote it over a lunch break. Jeez Louise. But I, you know, the thing that's clever about it for folks who haven't used it is I just love the fact that it's a text file. It's a text file with lines, and a line here means this. It's almost like you know Python for running your computer or something, because like, well, it doesn't require weird tabs, but but it's so cool the way you just like these are the sites I want to launch. These are the things I want to quit. But like, so the reason Dropbox, hey, tech support, the reason Dropbox won't quit is probably because it's not accepting a proper. JavaScript event? Like, why does Dropbox never quit? Is it Brokeback Mountain? What's happening? It's a fair question. Do you know why? I I don't think it's you. I think it's Dropbox. (laughs) Dropbox is, like, so goddamn evil, and I hate how much I love and sort of need it right now. I mean, there's so much much dumb stuff I took out of my life. So you're saying saying when you quit the Dropbox app, like, you say quit Dropbox and it keeps syncing? No. I have a line in my start podcast bunch to quit Dropbox. And I've tried several different ways that I get the name wrong. And in every instance, it, so is it sending an Apple script event? How, how, how oh. do you tell an app to quit? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it sends an Apple event. Quit. Apple event. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could make it send a, a no, no, I, I, I know this is actually not a feature request. It's more <laughs> just like Dropbox is a bad, uh, is a bad citizen. <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't run into any apps that won't quit. I'll, I'll have to check that out though. Yeah, I some, wonder if some apps take a couple prods before they I respond. Wonder if I should look at Activity Monitor for things beside the user facing. GUI Dropbox app. I wonder if there's some other process that has to be stopped. Oh, they're probably make it super quick. There probably is, as you put it. They're a, so sneaky. I hate how sneaky Dropbox is. Just like it's. I mean, on the one hand, like we, I, I like everybody. I guess I applauded the cleverness of them somehow getting past the gatekeepers to make Dropbox a folder on your Mac. I, that was brilliant. They they yeah. took this boring, difficult unprofitable problem that we all had and finally nailed it in a way Apple never could. They were snarky with Dropbox. And I think Steve famously said that's a product, not a company or something like that. But uh, now it's over the years, they've gotten more and more like skeevy. I mean, they're not quite at like a zoom level yet, but they're not that far off. They really want to, when you see all the pop-ups for what Dropbox wants to control, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, some of it's fair, but some of it's a bit out there. Well, but it's like a virus. It just wants to get like a literal, like, you know, health virus. Like it wants to get in, it wants to attack and get into anything it can. That, but no, I love it. Big, big fan. You, uh, you help my life every day. And uh, I appreciate that. So you wrote me yesterday about um, internet cameras. You had what's, <laughs> what, seemed, what seemed like a, 
a, a cranky, like you had just had a bad time with a smart <laughs> camera. All right, let's be fair about this. Yes, let me find my actual email to you. Because, uh, you know, a person likes to be prepared for these kinds of things. And I had not yet thought of a topic, although I'm happy to just hang out with you. And so, quoting myself, uh, I, I said, I was thinking about how almost all the smart home cameras I've tried suck. And that made me think about how smart home items don't seem to be getting that much smarter. And then that got me thinking about how there are whole classes of products like email apps and streaming apps that almost all suck. So imagine I'm Carrie Bradshaw on on the bed with the laptop. And so that makes me ask, why are some kinds of product offerings so difficult to get right? So somewhere in there, I think there's a topic. So we could, we could, yeah, start like I can speak to, I can speak to email apps. I've never owned a smart home camera. Tell me what sucks about them. Well, okay. So let me just tell you the, the kind of super class idea that I'm, I'm working with here. Uh, the, the, can, can I use exactly one curse and you can cut it if you need to? Oh, no, I, I've made this show officially, uh, oh, okay. officially explicit when need. Well, it's, it's not yet. Yeah, so this is very, this is PG 13, but, um, there's a phrase that we started using on the Dubai Friday podcast. We finally came up with a name for this thing that I do. And that name is pound sign Merlin shit list. And, <laughs> and all that means is if somebody says to me, Hey, you know, what email app are you using right now? And, or, and I'll say, I use X email app, but I don't recommend it. <laughs> or like, what do you mainly use to stream TV? And I will say uh, mainly Hulu. Um, I use it constantly, but I absolutely can't recommend it. <laughs> the, the problem with the cameras, the thing, the thing, the super class big idea here is that it's so rare in some cases for so, certain kinds of products. I find it, I don't find, so in a given class of products, I'm sometimes surprised at how few options I have for something that does everything that I want in the way that I want without doing the things that I don't want. Do you know that phenomenon of like, it's sort of that Marco Arment thing. I'm going to buy 10 of these and send nine back because (laughs) this one gets this, you can't nail this like one thing that's so important to me. Or you do this creepy Gmail sign-in thing that seems kind of unnecessary. Like you're basically hosting my Gmail, which freaks me out. Right. Or, or like, you know, so, so with, with cameras, I mean, some of these things are great. The image can be great. In a lot of cases, whether it's a smart smart home sensors, smart home cameras, smart home lights, the Hue app is actually, I think, quite good, personally. But almost all of these things fall short on something. So, like, some get geofencing bad, some get geofencing wrong, um, some don't do face recognition very well. Some of the ones that do think a soccer ball is a face, but you know, whatever it's, it's mainly that like there's, there's some niggling thing about this product that makes me want to keep looking. And I, you know, whatever that is, email again, smart home, but I don't know. I just thought that would be interesting to talk is about there... because it, it, it just seems like it's, I know that like things are difficult. It's hard to make something good. But like, you know, some kinds of products are such a delight to use. The opposite of pound sign Merlin shit list is, again, one of my recommendations today will be this app called Descript. And it's one of those apps where like, I want more opportunities to use this. 
you know, sometimes there, there are things out there where I wish I had a reason to use, <laughs> use this, like slug line. I, I wish, I, I wish I wrote scripts because right. slug line is such a delight to use. It's so clever. Uh-huh. It's almost like when you first get it, got an iPhone and you just play with rubber banding for half an hour, boing, 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 <laughs> pull down, pull down, pull just to watch it bounce. Just delight. And, uh, yeah. So let me throw to you. What do you have, do you have a feeling on this? Does if some if you have one niggle with something, something that it just can't get right, but the other things it does are so good, is it easy for you to just work your life around that niggle? Uh, everything about that is true except the easy part, which is that yeah, that is the situation in which I exist. Like to this day, for I can, can't even tell you how long on my Mac, my email app is Mailplane, which basically is a web wrapper with extra Gmail. features. For Gmail, yeah. that retains all the things that make Gmail special. Nobody ever gets this. I'm sure people are sick of me saying this, but like once you get into the keyboard uh, lifestyle in Gmail, mm-hmm. you're not going to believe how many hours you wasted clicking. Yeah. Well, Just, so you know, so you know, left bracket, left bracket, left bracket. I love that every time. But then there again, in that kind of it's like back in the day with Photoshop, where like. Or Word, where the only time it ever opened was by accident or when I had to send something to a lawyer. I just. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you I, know what I mean? Like, like, you know, people who demand it's like the the entire prof, all the professions that love fax machines, like that's what you got to use Word for, you know, and it's I would much rather be writing everything in NV Alt, previewing it in Mark Two. This is all true. I'm not kissing your <laughs> ass. This is how I live my life. And uh, that's the way I would prefer to roll. And uh, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to email, have you mm-hmm. tried MailMate? Is that the Bibietta people one? No, um, it's I've free, got MailMate. free run, free run. Um, okay. So I have MailMate set up with all of the single letter Gmail shortcuts, and okay. I have plus I can make my own, like G one, G two, G three, jump between my three most used mailboxes oh yeah look at this this is very appealing really smart nested criteria smart inbox or smart boxes it's like if outlook express were pretty it's it's really nice except it's not pretty that's my one niggle with it is it feels (laughs) very um uh it it feels very interface builder default Mm -hmm. Um, yeah yeah but it works sort sort of like the way early um before they called it iOS, early iPhone apps yeah. all had that same mm-hmm. super Beverly table table view look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it this does is, oh, everything. I, I do have it. It is installed and configured, so I guess I tried it at some point. <laughs> but you know, this this also extends to if, as long as I'm you know shining your Apple. This also extends to why I'm still stuck in some ways in. I'm going to use this word once in my workflow for how I deal with text files. So everything tends to fall apart at the point of how do I continue to use task papers app on the Mac, which sounds ridiculous. Like, why would that be difficult? Well, I would love to be all in on drafts. Like I, I, I think drafts is incredible, mm-hmm. but if I'm all in on drafts, drafts does not do, does not do syncing in a way that accommodates the, the, the test paper can be accommodated. And so I continue to use stuff like editorial on iOS, which I think, you know, is, is that even supported anymore? I mean, I've DM'd with him a little bit about it. And I mean, I don't want to talk out of school, but my sense is it's, 
it's unlikely to get a lot of updates. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got the grabby handles. Yeah. I love the grabby handles for moving lines. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that in drafts, but that's a couple clicks away. You can do anything in drafts. It's like Emacs for text. But, you know, it's... <laughs> What's Emacs for if not for text? <laughs> Well, you can also it's a it's a it's a dessert topping and a, a floor cleaner. <laughs> it's a bassomatic. Yeah. Anyway, I but yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. There's, there's nickels I can live with, but so for example, like I've gone through wise cameras. This is we're talking here about my office, what I do at my office. Um, wise cameras. Um, I'm currently trying Eufy. I've used Canary for a long time. Um, and they all have benefits, but the reason I got the Eufy, well, they all have benefits and they all suck. But I, I got the Eufy because it was, I was meant to understand that it's HomeKit compliant, super friendly. A lot of stuff that says it's HomeKit compliant is not super great in HomeKit. Yeah. But I, I, well, I, I maybe HomeKit's f- just not great. Well, I don't love HomeKit. It's pound sign Merlin shit list, but <laughs> it is cool how much you can automate via HomeKit and shortcuts. The stuff like, you know, the personal automations where you say like, whenever I am, uh, whenever I'm on this particular Wi-Fi access point, do these things. That's way better than geofencing yeah, to me. No, for oh, sure. yeah, for sure. So to come back one quick thing, the Eufy, uh, some of their cameras seem to support geofencing, but the camera I've got does not support geofencing. Huh. So I wanted to use Eufy in the non-HomeKit state until HomeKit gets the big upgrades for face facial recognition and zones and stuff. So, you know, but it's critical that that camera be off when I'm here. There's no way to do that. You have to do it manually. And this, so then what do I do? Now I have to go with HomeKit because HomeKit has that accommodation to say, allow this kind of filming to happen uh, given these conditions. Yeah. Um, just stuff like that just drives me nuts. And then all the things, especially like, oh God, sensors that work with HomeKit. I mean, there's so few and they're so lame and they're so unreliable for the kind of stuff I would like. What kind of sensors? Like motion? Yeah. Like this is so, like, we have, um, we use Philips Hue yeah. motion sensors at home that work great for detecting people. This is weird. Now I'm about to say something very weird because I'm a weird guy. One thing I do is I have developed a way using sensors to know when our mail has been delivered. And I've tried it a whole bunch of different ways. And the current way I have it is there's two different sensors in the little bag that catches our mail. And I, there's no tweaking I can do to make it 100% always work. That's not what it's for. But I don't have a huge number of options to even attempt different kinds of things because there's not that many that work with HomeKit. And the, the ones that even don't work with HomeKit, like they're the apps for these things are just garbage. They're just so bad. Do you want to hear about the mail sensor before we get to the top three picks? The mail sensor I built probably. Oh, I got time. We can keep going. I got time. It was um, would have been like two thousand. Wow, like two thousand two maybe, and uh, most of my house ran on X ten. Oh wow, yeah. you are old school. Right, I've been doing this a long time. This and, is your first rodeo. And and Radio Shack, uh, that's how old I am. Um, Radio right, Shack sold, <laughs> they sold a, um, a, a mailbox uh, notification system that was a light detector 
that went in the mailbox and then it used RF signals to light up a light inside your house when the mailbox had been opened. So I wow. took apart the receiver from that, wired it, and then I took apart an X10 keypad and wired the receiver into the keypad. So when it received the signal, it would turn on an X10 signal that I could oh then have goodness. go to my computer and announce that the mail had arrived. That's that's so clever. <laughs> it worked anyway. I, I do feel like I feel like sensors are well, I think for people who've been using this stuff for a while, you will eventually realize that sensors are way more important than you might have thought. <laughs> um, because the more of the stuff you get in your house, the more you risk or the more you the more you risk having go wrong or be creepy. Like there's so much stuff where like, you know, you really want to get all this right. And geofencing is it's such a clever idea if you travel large distances. Like, you know, geofencing is really cool if I've done stuff in OmniFocus, this, this is really wild, but I've done stuff in OmniFocus where I've created a custom, like a, con, a context for a given, like, store in another town. Sure. And, and, like, or like I, Ikea. So, like, when I'm near an Ikea, you know, remind me of this. Or when I'm near this particular comic shop in Walnut Creek, California – Remind me to go in and get that figure that I've been wanting or whatever. Yeah. Um, that works a treat. It's really great. Well, why does it work? Well, you can make this giant circle that is an incredibly blunt instrument, but that's still very powerful. Where this falls apart for me is, uh, as I said before, my office and my house are improbably close to each other. <laughs> so I know I'm an edge case here. But like, if you don't have sensors in your house and it relies, I mean, how many times have you, how many times has this happened to you? You get a notification about something regarding geofencing. In the case of Canary, I'll get this two rapid notifications in a row. Your kid has left home. Your kid has arrived at home. Well, my kid was at home the whole time. It's just that something got silly with geofencing to cause that incorrect uh, event to happen. And you think, oh, maybe that's not a big deal. But like, you know, door locks, cameras. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Or, you know, <laughs> cameras that have a siren attached to them. Right. Like, it's really important to get that stuff right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's why I say, like, you know, you can do these location, what's it, what it used to be called, location manager back in the day. But you could do cool stuff in shortcuts. Like I say, I think a lot of people don't delve into that deep into the personal automation stuff, but it's wild. You know, uh, when I hit this NFC tag, do this, you know, um, uh, uh, there's just so much granularity. That's all great. But I do want to be able to say all of, almost all of the things I want to happen when I'm not at home, I really need the home control system to honor the fact that someone is at home. Sure. So, you know, I, I tried to do this, what seemed to me the simplest thing, which is I put a Philips Hue in the bathroom and was trying to use HomeKit to say, after this hour, a uh, certain time when the lights are off, anytime the it detects you, um, I want you to put on a, turn the lights in here to very dim. We've got, I think they're called Cassetta, those, you know, um, dimmers. Yeah. Yeah, we, I want you to do a low light that won't, you know, w wake us up too much, but will still allow us to use the bathroom. And then I want you to turn that off after a period of time. And I'm, I'm not a programmer, but I found such a, 
I had such a difficult time avoiding weird errors with that, such as, well, what if you go in there and you turn the light on and then it detects you and then it dims the light? <laughs> right. That's uh, not that's not desirable. See, these, or, are, these are the things I don't like about HomeKit. <laughs> like it doesn't have the granular control. It's I'm used not to that smart. I'm used not. to really powerful home automation systems where I can have variables and controls and double checks on things. And if a, if a, it, it like uh, you can set it with Insteon devices, you can set it to raise the light level, meaning if it's at zero, go to twenty. But if it's mm-hmm. already at eighty, there's nowhere to go, so it doesn't do anything. Uh, so my lights don't dim when I want them on. Like in okay. my office, if I turn on a light and it's before six in the morning, the light only comes up to 30 percent. And yeah. and my screens dim uh, just for the sake of my eyes. But trying to get that set up with my hue was mm-hmm. it, it drove me nuts. So I'm <laughs> He's still got all that stuff in hue labs. It's like, you know, you make your make your. Uh... Make your lights look like a Scandinavian village or, you know, hey, you have he, candlelight at this when this song plays or whatever. Or you can change <laughs> the lighting when you're watching TV and identify with great granularity the location of all your lights and yeah. how that should affect. That's all that's all really great. But across the board, almost all of this stuff says it's basically if this, then that. When the following thing happens, do this. Right. Which is you know, this is why you end up looking at these shortcuts that people make that are so bananas, so many conditionals <laughs> nested in all of these things, which is so powerful. And that's obviously what I feel like is lacking a little bit right now in HomeKit. HomeKit I mean, like, I'm on the beta of everything right now, and I, HomeKit is going to be real good. I mean, I love the way that it is now recommending, oh, you just added this, this new camera. Uh, how, would you like, for example in this part of the office where you've identified the camera is when it detects motion, which you'd like it to turn on the lights. That to me, that's a great way to get people started. If they don't want to spend their day working, working with NFC tags. Yeah. But I think it's still got a long way to go. I hope that shortcuts and automator on the Mac merge. I, I yeah, guess I think a really, lot of people I want agree, shortcuts agree. on the Mac. I want, I want if, if loops and if else statements, in Automator, like I don't want to lose Automator. Uh, I, I worry that shortcuts would dumb down certain parts of Automator for me, but I would kill to have logic in Automator. The shortcuts let you do stuff like run a shell script. Uh, no, not that I know Cause of. Because it's, it's iOS can, you, only right now. My my solution for that has been to set up set up APIs that I can ping with URLs um, wow. to, to handle some of that stuff. But yeah, I. Um... Yeah, I agree with you. Something that Dan Benjamin and I end up talking about a lot is, you know, me and to a much greater extent, Dan, we are people who still love using the Mac. Uh, And, you know, we have been expressing this concern of, well, you know, it feels like I understand wanting to take especially features of iOS and bring it to the Mac. Uh, That's cool. I guess I kind of even understand the Catalyst thing a little bit. I have not yet met a Catalyst app that I like, but I understand what they're doing. But we always kind of walk away from that saying, instead of trying to make iOS like the Mac, make iOS a better iOS, make yeah. the Mac a better Mac. Yeah. You know, instead of trying to create this this weird uh, chimera or Frankenstein that mashes these things together, how about we continue to leverage what each of these platforms is better or best at. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, it's, it, it is very exciting, but like, I certainly, you know, there's a reason I'm, I'm bummed that I'm not on Instagram anymore because my <laughs> friends, obviously to me, it seems like they derive so much joy from it, but I just couldn't conscience. I had to do it for a do by Friday challenge. I had to like resuscitate. No, no. In the end, I ended up keeping my Facebook account dead. It's been dead for years. I kept, you know, just so I keep my name. But I got an Instagram account. But like I've gotten, I don't use Chrome anymore. <laughs> I don't use I don't use Instagram anymore. And increasingly, I'm getting real picky about, especially stuff like cameras and voice devices. And I'm really starting to, you know, at long last, as an enthusiast of this stuff, trying to be a little more, sort of steely eyed about how much benefit do I get out of this versus how much could I be risking in ways I sure. do or don't know. So what is your browser of choice now? Safari. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm all in on, well, except for calendars and mail. Calendars and mail are Google, but uh, everything else I do, uh, I, I love the syncing of stuff. Even as imperfect as it is, like there's times where it just it just has missed like a day of Safari history or hmm. right now, understandably in the beta, uh, it's my, my uh, reminders are not syncing very well and stuff like that, but you know, they've solved syncing for their platform in really in, in a lot of ways. I love handoff. I love the fact that I can now confidently know that something I just typed in drafts on my computer, you know, I hit command C with my phone on and now I can just drop that right in. I love stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've gone yeah. all in on Firefox. Oh, I love Firefox. Firefox is my other browser. Like whenever I have to like ensure, like you have those things where like, okay, I this is what, how I see this. How does the world see this? Can they see this? Make sure that the settings and for privacy are right on something. You know what I mean? Like um, so, so like so, I'll be <clears throat> I'll be on Safari doing something where I do or don't want the public to be able to see it. So, for example. Every time I share a file in Dropbox, I have to remember to turn off comments. There's, I, hope, I wish there were a way to shut that off. I don't want, I don't want comments on any of my <laughs> things, and I don't want anybody to know when I looked at their document. And there's ways to turn some of that stuff sure. off, I know. But like for example, so what I'll do is I'll say, oh, here's this thing. Uh, oh, yeah, here's my running file of like all the quotes I try to get right because they're really good quotes. So I go over to Firefox, drop that URL in, and then I get to see it how a stranger would see it. Yeah. But Firefox is awesome. Firefox automatically fences uh, things like Facebook for you. So it doesn't you don't carry any cookies out of Facebook and they don't track you anywhere else. Yeah. Stuff like that, like their privacy features are great. I've got I've got it on strict and I I mean, I'm not using it as my daily browser, obviously, but it makes it all the clearer to me. Like <laughs> what a weirdo I am about this, because it, I want to say at least once a month or so, I guessed on somebody's podcast and, you know, um, they're like, oh, yeah, here's the URL. I'm like, we're not doing Skype. And they're like, no, 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 we're using uh, uh, dingleberry.io. <laughs> and it's this amazing thing. And I, I open it up in Safari. And guess what? Of course, it literally cannot work in Safari. Red flag. <laughs> so then I have to go to Chrome and put it in. And Chrome's like, yeah, we'll accommodate anything. Click here. Anything that's red, click here. We'll turn on everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't. I don't love that. And then I have to go through some conversation with some someone explaining to me how to record a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> if it requires Chrome, I don't know if I'm in. Are you, are you freaked out by Chrome? 
Uh, yeah, I am. And, and for, I can't talk Syracuse out of it. He still he still loves it as a developer, especially. But dude, it keeps me out as a developer. I I love Firefox. Yeah, there they are, were the OG. I mean, I feel like Mozilla and Firefox were the original. Like, right, but but they went you know, through view, this, view this renaissance this element kind of thing. Yeah, there was this renaissance though. Like I had let Firefox go because it seemed so old school, and mm-hmm. then when I came back to it, it turned out. Their memory management is amazing. Their plugin selection is amazing. Their developer tools are uh, on par with Chrome and in some areas better. Mm-hmm. It, I, I'm and, blown and away. I, I really do believe, unless I'm really missing something here, I really do legitimately believe that they they are trying very hard to protect your neck. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's in a way that like, you know, okay, if this harms the way you need to view the web for your work, like you can <laughs> turn this off and just have your, you know, put, put your dick in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> but like, uh, I, I love that about it. And I, I, I think it's sometimes quite shocking how much people go again, they fall back on that funny bit of, we have a funny bit for us on do by Friday. I need this for my work. I have to be on Facebook for my work. I have to use Chrome for my work. And I don't doubt for a second that that's, possible but can you ever imagine a scenario where even if it's for your work what will it take for you to stop using facebook setting aside that you're contributing to the downfall of democracy like that (laughs) that's that company is really screwed up and we only know what they've been caught at but everything they've been caught at is not very good so this is my open question is like what will it take for you to stop using facebook if somebody asked you to go eat a baby for your work would you do it like i hope you'd like give it a second you know (laughs) take a beat i uh last last thing on this as far as i'm concerned um i have a request because i'm imagining a lot of developer types listen to your podcast i don't know if this is even possible but i have a i have a request for a product a I want to plug in for Safari that makes it easier for me, a California resident, and me, a U.S. resident, to not have to jump through all the hoops to say, don't sell my data. Hmm. I, w- I, w- I don't know if that's if it's even possible to do that. I know there are things like EFF has that thing where you can, I think it's EFF, where you can like see the the sort of human readable privacy policy or stuff like that. That's been around for a while, but... You ever encounter that you land on a site and because of uh, the European Union rules yeah. or because of California laws, you land on that thing and it's all often named it's in this weird way. Like, do, do you want us to sell your data? And I'm not sure if <laughs> clicking it makes it so yes or no. Is that even possible? Probably not. Uh, yeah, I think there'd be so many edge cases. It would be hard to make one plug in to do that. But I do think that sweeping uh, legal reform can make a difference. It, it, might, <laughs> exactly. be, it might be more of Let's a political making... thing than a developer thing. Do you, Are you familiar with Guardian? Yeah. Like the publication? Um, oh, sorry. Um, oh. There's, a, there's an app. That, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. It's I, One of the people who started this company uh, was, one, I think, one of the OG jailbreakers. Yes, this 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 fella who really knows knows where have you speak uh, where have you speaks with um, iOS stuff, but Guardian, uh, which I is not on Merlin's shit list, I can recommend Guardian until I learn that they're terrible. Uh, they are first of all a VPN to run on your iOS device, and in my case, it's pinging off a server in San Jose down south of here, but it makes websites think that I am in Parsippany, New Jersey. 
All right. Which is fine. Which is fine. Here's the other thing it does. I don't know how it does this. It does this with Secret Sauce. It regularly scans the app store in a way that it, it detects which apps have stuff in it that you might not want, like location tracking. Sure. Like it basically, not malware exactly, but, you know, um, Darth malware. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> and But it's so wild to pop this, let me pop this thing open real quick. And it, it keeps a tally. It doesn't currently, the one thing I, I, I guess I wish it did that it doesn't is it, it, it doesn't tell you what is the app that generated this problem. Mm. But I'll send you a screenshot. Um, so like, you know, uh, it says, okay, data tracker blocked. Uh, something called app measurement is known to collect analytics and device information. Uh, this is the thing that's trying to track your location. And now the hack here is if you force quit an app and then open it and then pop right over to Guardian, you can see the you know, probably these alerts are because of the app that you just launched. Mm, sure. But this thing I've had since I don't know how many months, uh, it's, it's blocked 25,595 attempts to Nick my shit. <laughs> 1,051 location trackers, 24,500 data trackers, and uh, a mail tracker. That's a new one to me. And I guess, uh, oh yeah, and then page hijacker. 30 times it stopped a page from doing some skeevy shit huh. in Safari. Wow. But, um, you know, that, like installing iOS 14, it's really interesting to notice what works and does not work if you're not permissive about your data. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot of stuff that it's something, something business, plus we get your data. Yeah. So you look at something like Citizen, which is only available in a few cities, I think. But Citizen is an app that it's like next, next door for nerds. It basically like, I think it's basically, you know, watching the police scanner. Right. And then you can go and see videotape of stuff. But, like, it really wants all kinds of permissions that I don't want to give it. Huh. And it does that weird thing where, like, when you do a screenshot, it says, hey, looks like you just took a screenshot. Do you want to uh, share that with the up arrow? It's like, dude, get out of my pants. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's on the iOS 14 beta is all those notifications exactly. of apps checking your clipboard. And that's how they found the Instagram thing. Or did yeah. you use Instagram? I use Instagram. How did you feel? Uh, so, so, so tell your listeners what, what, what happened and how you feel about it. What are you, I'm not sure what thing. you're referring to. I know there was the a LinkedIn Instagram thing. camera thing. Oh, I don't know about this, actually. Oh, boy. Huh. Oh, yeah. Ruined uh, my day. Yeah, I'm good at that. Instagram camera. Um, <laughs> okay, this is from The Verge. Uh, headline, an Instagram bug showed a camera on indicator for iOS 14 devices even when users weren't taking photos. Huh. So, you know, remember the thing? Okay, back to our old friends uh, in Palo Alto. Do you remember when it was discovered that Facebook was, what was it doing? It was doing stuff like this. At one point, I think it was keeping, having some kind of oh, inaudible. Yeah, they had some, they were broadcasting some kind of an inaudible signal in order to keep you know, the, the, the microphone on or yeah. something. It was, yeah. But, you know, trying to basically, um, you know, <laughs> stuff like that is like, and they're like, oh, sorry, my bad. That's a bug. Right. And it's yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Oops. You, you who made this app, this app was not, you know, delivered by a stork. Somebody <laughs> had made all of this stuff and then somebody tested all of this stuff. And your answer to that is sorry, my bad. 
close. That's the thing is you don't accidentally check someone's clipboard a hundred times. Ugh. Yeah. That's like, you know, my kid is so into, she basically looks at TikTok all day, even while we're watching TV, even while we're eating dinner. I'm reluctant to take it away because it's, it's a hard time to be 12. Yeah. And uh, there's not that many things. There's been a, a few really good articles about this, about the, you know, one way kids are avoiding utter depression is through things like FaceTime, through things like, um, you know, Zoom calls with their friends. My, my kid FaceTimes with their friends almost every day, which is awesome. But also through TikTok. For slightly older folks, maybe like it makes you feel connected and entertained. And I, I wish somebody out there would make it less gross, but I... I don't know. I, I, I'm probably being a real sucker here, but I'm reluctant to take that away from. Her. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I don't because I don't have kids, but I, I feel no. like I can understand. But you're an empathetic man. You do yoga. I do yoga. We have yoga gloves. I've seen them. <laughs> That's a great look. You look like a drummer. <laughs> you, play, you play bass originally, right? Yeah. 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 But I wear weightlifting gloves to do yoga. Um. All right. If we're going to keep this uh, around an hour, yeah. we should get to top three picks. I don't do as of this new reboot of the show. I'm not going to try to come up with my own top three picks for every single episode. So we're going to go through your top three picks and okay. they can be if, as if conversational they, if they as you, like. you. Yeah. If they inspire you. Um, yeah. Three things. Uh, number one, I cannot say enough good stuff about this app called D- Descript. D-E-S-C-R-I-P-T. Have you played with this yet? I have not. Oh boy. Okay. Tell me. All right. So I learned about this through friend of the show, um, Adam, uh, you know, Lonely Sandwich, mm-hmm. who had made a video for these folks. Uh, and I was just talking about how, you know, one of the things that's kind of held me, held me back, it's my problem. But one of the things that holds me back from being, you know, very aggressive about Mac updates is the one show that I have to edit every week. Uh, Roderick on the line, I've been doing in the very old version of GarageBand because the newer version of GarageBand is not really podcast friendly. Logic twists my melon with all the features. <laughs> I mean, I could learn it, but I mean, I could learn to fly a jet. Sure, sure. But so anyway, he he just mentioned in passing, go check out this video for, for Descript. And here's what, how can I, I'm going to try and keep this short, but Descript is magic. It, you get Descript, you get an account. And you, uh, in my case, uh, you drag media files, let's say, into the app. In my case, I drag in the two tracks I've split out of Ecamm Call Recorder so that I can edit Roderick Online. I drag them in. It says, uh, okay, cool, here's these files. Uh, do you want to transcribe this? Uh, I say yes. Do you want me to uh, detect multiple speakers? Yes. Uh, a few minutes later, I have a transcript pretty good. They say 95%. I pick it more at 80%. Pretty good, uh, uh, like automated transcript of us. And, uh, it now knows when each person is speaking. So it looks kind of like a script in some ways Yeah, and that's cool. But so I've got the transcript in this pane up here and then down here, I got a timeline with waveforms and different, different colored waveforms and titles because guess what? Uh, that transcript has now also associated each word with its spot on the audio timeline. Oh, that's amazing. Editable separately or together. 
Um, it's got, uh, and, and, but here's the beauty part. It's like, if you're just doing some basic editing and you want to take out something, a, a sentence that somebody said, you select it in the script and backspace. Oh and man. That's exactly that part out. How about this? Uh, let's say you've got a lot of ums and ahs and, uh, you knows, and you know what they call filler words. Well, no problem. Just go to the remove filler words functionality. It'll take kidding? all of them out. Uh, let's say you want to just tighten it up a little bit. Well, you know, one manual way to tighten it up is remember every single word is now a tab above the waveform. So grab the tab for that word, drag it left, and it non-destructively makes that it's a tighter edit. Or you could just say remove long pauses. New one for me, I always say, oh, yeah, uh, you know, on the show, I'll be like any given show. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll post a link to that. Or I'll find that article. Do a search for link or article or YouTube and find all the places where you need to do links. You can um, export it as all the usual things, but you can also export it as this really cool like um, like pseudo video that like each word pops on screen as if you want to do like a teaser, you can create that. Oh, by the way, I should mention this. It also does video. So you drag a video in and now you're editing video by just removing text. This is insane. You may have just changed my entire it's workflow. It's inexpensive to subscribe to. Can I give you one more? They have a feature called Overdub that they just officially put into the production release. And so you record, they give you something to record, like a Google Doc thing. Read this. And so read, read this thing. Okay, now read this thing as if you're calm. Now read this part as if you're angry. Read this part as if you're neutral read this part, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Now I go in, I type a paragraph, type a paragraph, and then say overdub that, turn what I just said into my voice with the following intonation. I, did you get the offer code wrong? No problem. <laughs> just select that, type in the right one, and it generates your voice. Amazing. It's. I encourage you to at least grab it and play with it because from a tech standpoint, because it's and so as you can see here, like I only have one podcast I need to edit with that, but I can't tell you how much fun stuff I've done. I, uh, there's a, uh, well, like, like for example, I've, there's podcasts that I love in the case of like my brother, my brother, and me or blank check, I've dragged a bunch of episodes in and then you can make a super cut. Like you could say, find every instance of this phrase and highlight it. Now all those highlights, copy them and create a new composition. So you just made a super cut just by looking for words of a, this is video, this is audio, this is anything. Sure. It's wild. That's insane. All right. The, it, it shows that if you pay for an annual plan, the pro subscription is $24 a month. That seems uh, reasonable I'm at, I'm at for two, all I'm at, of these. I'm at 288, 288 a year, but it's worth every nickel to me. I, I think that's going to be a tough sell for some folks, sure. but it's really worth it for me. So the other, in my case, every show I do, I only have to edit Roderick, but Every, but I am the show, show notes master for all of the mm. programs I do. So what do I do? I drag in the raw edit or the finished edit or whatever, and it makes it exceptionally easy to go through and find all these things. Like, for example, how often this is that? Well, I mean, you know, we do a podcast with somebody and somebody says, oh, damn it, what was the thing? Where did we talk about X? No mm -hmm. problem. What are all the times we used, you know, the word descript? No problem. Just go do a search. It'll find all of them. For you, and then you can add markers. You can do whatever you need to do. It's got compression. It's got equalization per track. Uh, it's got leveling. It's just watch that video. It's uh, yeah. it's pretty mind-bending. I'm sold. Like 288 <laughs> sounds like a deal to me. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Number Number two. two. Um, And the next two are media things uh, in no particular order. Um, I needed a third one of these this morning, and it landed right in my lap with the new episode of a Slate podcast called Hit Parade. Hit Parade is hosted by Chris Malamphy, who is a writer for Slate. He does the Why Is This Song number one column. Um, And he is a very, I mean this in the best possible way, he is a music nerd and a music history nerd, but in particular, he's a Billboard charts nerd. He has a nearly encyclopedic knowledge of what band was doing what at a given time. Uh, And so Hit Parade is a uh, twice a month podcast where he takes this particular week in a given year and uses it as a jumping off point to talk about something musical. So this week in 1980, which is 40 years ago, (laughs) is the week that Christopher Cross's sailing, I think, went to number one. And so that leads to an hour and a half discussion of the genre called Yacht Rock. (laughs) and he it's just it's so entertaining he does such a good job it's so well edited somewhere in here there is an episode you will love the one that got me hooked very early on was i think the second episode was the weird history of what we think of as ub40 but technically neil diamond's song red red wine um and it it varies a lot it it could be like this is going to be the one about you know um uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other classic ones. But yeah, yeah. Hit Parade uh, with Chris Melanfi available on Slate. Perfect. All nice right. companion to other shows like Song Exploder, sure. Strong Songs. If you, if you love getting your hands dirty, you know, doing the mechanical work of how a song is the way it is or how this genre is the way it is, eh, great yeah, stuff. Yeah, I can definitely get into that. Last one? Yep. Um... Well, like, uh, you know, uh, 2.5 or 3.0, I guess. I, I've really gotten into these YouTube videos of Japanese chefs cooking teppanyaki. So teppanyaki, best known to Americans, is what they're doing at Benihana, which, th- which they do in kind of a fun Disney Disneyland way. But it's, a, I think, a fairly common uh, way of cooking, especially in places like Tokyo. Uh, you go in, you sit at this counter, there's a heated, you know, hot surface in front of you, and the chef prepares your meal. And uh, I love watching videos of people being great at cooking. Um, so that's a side recommendation. A specific YouTube video I want to point people to, because I think it's kind of magic. Um, it's a video of the head chef at the only Michelin three-star restaurant in Las Vegas, which I think is called <laughs> is it Joel Robichon. I wouldn't know. Well, but here's the thing. Okay, so uh, my wife wasn't into this either. Um, But I've taken a little bit of heat, I think, from people who say like, oh, how could you not like the movie Free Solo? And like, well, first of all, the guy, he clearly needs some kind of a diagnosis. Did you ever see Free Solo? No. It's about a guy who free climbs um, the face of, uh, I think, uh, a mountain of Yosemite, a notoriously even like for people with the right equipment and experience, notoriously difficult. So he free climbs the face of this, this giant mountain. Um, and he's an asshole, I think. He's really mean <laughs> to his super sweet girlfriend. But everybody says, oh, yeah, but like despite his personality, don't you like enjoy like watching him do this amazing thing? And like, I go, well, no, I'm totally distracted <laughs> by what an asshole he is. I found my version of that with this video. The guy's not an asshole, but he is this guy, this head chef at this restaurant is so, he cares 
so much about everything that he is doing to like a Rain Man level. The like the these beans are the wrong length. Like the geometric pattern of dots on this plate is not right. It's it is what some people call to I've heard called competence porn. I just <laughs> like watching this particular guy care this much about what he does and how his whole life revolves around doing it well. It's this is it's a very COVID sort of thing to me because it's not only like very interesting looking food, but like you know watching somebody try to be better every day at what they do is. Uh, it's thrilling to watch. All right. So you're going to send me a link to this? Yeah, absolutely. All right. That, yeah, I definitely, I get into. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you, what are you into for stuff like comfort videos or YouTube times? Well, I've been watching uh, like educational YouTube channels a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I never, it was very recent that I got so into YouTube that I started joining Patreons. But yeah, yeah, I have, I'm on a couple because of YouTube, yeah. There's this girl who does uh, a channel called How to ADHD. And is she the one with the mask video, how to put on or how to wear a mask with glasses? Is that her? No, I don't think or so. Or is it the really the really cute girl with she, the kind of long hair? Yeah, cute girl, long hair, uh, slightly squeaky voice, just yeah, she's super charming. adorable. I love her videos. Yeah. yeah, and they're super well-researched, and she's a very empathetic person. Um, I really enjoy those. And, uh, and then answers with Joe, uh, that channel has been like, he's well-researched, but also willing to admit when he's wrong. So he's opinionated, but if someone presents a valid argument to him, he'll do a whole show about, you know what, here's how it actually is. Making tech videos, you if you attract an audience, boy, you're going to get a lot of notes from people. Oh, for you're sure. Get a lot of well, actually. One, one that I love and support on Patreon is called, I think it's called Technology Connection. Okay. And it's this, uh, which I really recommend to you. Uh, he, I think Marco's a patron too. He, uh, he's this really, really interesting guy who delves into how mostly uh, ubiquitous consumer technology works and the miracle of it. The miracle of how a VHS tape is or it works is oh, insane. I have seen this. Yeah. The guy usually wears like a t-shirt and a blazer. Yeah. And yeah, he's got the stuff behind him. What's yeah, it called yeah, again? He, I think it's called Technology Connection. Let me look. But like he did his his stuff about like sometimes he's got just got to be in his bonnet where like he's just like these air conditioners and heaters don't work and here's why. Here's why <laughs> toasters suck now. Like this kind of stuff. Um, and some of the like one one that I think think is uh, again pretty miraculous is how they hacked it together to be able to have um, what do they call it like when you get a Spanish language version of subtitles and how they you know when you see that when you see that weird tiny like one pixel of band like pulsing and doing weird things in the top of a video that's part of an in band message yeah that's used. I didn't know that. And like learning all that stuff is just delightful to me. That crash was my cat knocking over my iPad stand. Um, oh no. Is, is, are they both okay? Uh, the, I don't know about the iPad, but the cat's okay. Um, oh, well, he's got a feeding tube in right now. So I basically, I feel so, uh, so much pity toward him that I let him get away with anything. Tube? Yeah. He had pancreatitis and he stopped eating. And oh, no. for the last month I've been, feeding him his tube, his food through a tube. But for the last week, for the last week straight, he has eaten on his own. So he's going to get the tube out next week. And we're all very excited to be able to scratch his neck again. 
he's got a couple years left in him. I think he's well, 18 our, yes, now. Like our, our cat is our cat has hardly any teeth left. She's like 14. Yeah. <laughs> She's a goddamn mess. Yeah. She looks like a rejected model for a star Wars knockoff. Yeah. She's, she's horrific. Yeah. And her anus is pure black. It's like that black <laughs> that you, it's so black. You can't see it. You know, like that, that like she, it's like a black hole. Literally. I'm going to say this, you know, you're, you're a special friend of mine and I only, I only give this advice to literally everyone I know, but, uh, Patricia, you need to get a bearded dragon. I, a bearded dragon is a very strong pet. I have had one in the past. How'd it go? I loved it. I feel like on the matrix of hassle to fun, it's like the opposite of a goldfish. It's, it's, they're so delightful. And I, I know they're just dumb lizards and don't understand things like transparency, but um, <laughs> there's a phenomenon you probably know in uh, the lizard owning community called glass surfing. I'm actually not familiar with this. I've owned you have a Knowles, to, like, which so I feel like I know. You have to light the room and the tank in such a way that the lizard won't be confused and angry about its own image and <laughs> reflection. And then it goes like, shh, 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 and it gets on its hind legs and is like trying to trying to attack itself. And it never stops because it's a goddamn stupid yeah. lizard. <laughs> Um, I have, uh, I would love you to put this in notes. The only thing I am actually comfortable promoting in my entire life is the Twitter account of our, uh, bearded, uh, our, our rescue bearded dragon. Uh, his name is Bando and it's, uh, on, on Twitter, it's Bando Mando, B-A-N-D-O-M-A-N-N-D-O. And it's, uh, he's a delight. Oh, like man, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I had to come up with something. All right. Yeah. Um, and I, I I just want to, in case I didn't put it in at the beginning, uh, if anyone doesn't know, you look nice today. It's back and they have videos. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me about this? <laughs> Video where? What's it on? Is it on like MySpace or like where do you, what? <laughs> yeah, we have a, we have a channel. You can also just, the new show is, um, that I'm having a lot of fun with. I, I almost don't want to point people to the site because the audio is not nearly as fun as the videos, but, um, but you can learn more at californiaking.org. Also, we, um, I spent a couple weeks very happily resuscitating all of the old classic episodes of You Look Nice Today, and those are available at youlooknicetoday.com. They're nice and safe. They have a home they have a forever home now on Fireside. Nice. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I, I built, as in the process of moving overtired and systematic off of any networks, uh, I had to build sites and I ended up being able to revive the original hundred some episodes. That oh, were, terrific. They were five by five, which means, yeah, a couple of your appearances are now back available uh, along with some that I was really sad had disappeared and they're all yeah. back now. And thanks to the internet archive and a bunch of crawling scripts. I mean, what I, <laughs> what I went through to recreate this busted ass Drupal site from 2008, <laughs> I had to recreate so much like art. I had to take out so many broken links. Cause Oh, by the way, Dropbox doesn't support hot links anymore. So mm. I had to get rid of a lot of little blue question mark boxes. But yeah. isn't that a nice feeling to like complete something like that? It's like, and now, now I'm done. Yeah. Accomplishments. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for being the, the first guest. Yeah. After, well, welcome uh, back. I, I bet this, when this comes out, it'll pop up in my, in my overcast. Yeah. Cool. Cool. 
about how do you feel about how apart from me talking so much because I just had my ADD medicine, how how do you feel like this went? Um, I feel like it was exactly what I expected it to be. You feel e- you feel good about easy, it. Easy, fluid conversation full of surprises and delights. Conversation full of fluids. Thanks for having me, bro. <laughs> yep. Thanks for being here. Find more episodes at systematicpod.com and subscribe via Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your favorite podcast app. I'm TT Scuff on Twitter, and you can follow Systematic at S Y S T M C A S T.